Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Well, it has been quite some time since we have done a podcast, and I am mobile today, so it may sound a little different to you today. Uh, I'm in my truck doing a little traveling, so you might hear some road noise. You might hear uh, the air come on because it gets hot up in this thing, and uh, man, yeah, doing an episode for the first time in a while. Uh, I got sick after Christmas for a, a, about a week and then man I tell you I haven't been that sick in a long time and it took another week to really get over it so it's been a, a tough go the last couple of weeks so uh, at, we had Christmas and then we had New Year's and uh, I was sick didn't do a podcast but we're back here today we're gonna do a podcast we're gonna do it from the road it's gonna be awesome and if you remember last time I mentioned that we were going to talk about uh, the decrees of God in this episode, but I've kind of changed gears a little bit. And what I want to do today is I just simply want to talk about the gospel and kind of where it stands in the modern day church. Now, I know you probably hear a lot about the modern church and and how it's gotten away from the gospel. If you haven't heard about the the modern day church and how they've gotten away from the gospel, it's... uh, Something that's very sad. Well, I think I've even mentioned it on the podcast before that uh, the church today is really not preaching the true and full counsel of God, and they're and they're kind of teaching about the gospel, but they're really not going into detail about what the gospel is. So, if you know anything about the gospel, the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, what did Jesus Christ do? He left his throne and glory. He came to this earth. He was truly God, truly man. He never at any point set aside his deity as man, but he came to this earth and he lived a sinless, perfect life. He was beaten. He was scourged. He was nailed to a cross. His blood was shed and he died the death that you and I deserve. Why did Jesus do this? Why did he die the death we deserve? Because we are sinners. None of us are good. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 3 that there are none that are good. No, not one. There's no one that is righteous. There's none that seek after God. Our throats are like open graves. Man, Romans 3 goes into detail of just about how good we are. And we're not good at all. But modern day churches don't want to tell you that. Modern day churches don't want to tell you that you are a miserable wretch apart from Christ. Now, are there good people in this world According to Romans 3, no, but there are people that do good things. There there are moral people in this world, but moralism is different than the gospel. Now, we can modify our behavior all day long to look like a good person, but spiritually, none of us are good people because the Bible teaches it, and many churches aren't going to tell you that these days. What happens in many churches is <clears throat> they're going to tell you that God wants... Uh, God has a beautiful, wonderful plan for your life. Now, that is true to an extent, but God's beautiful and wonderful plan may not look like our beautiful and wonderful plan for our life. Now, let's take Peter, for instance. Peter was crucified upside down. I don't think that's exactly the way Peter saw the end of his life going. Paul was beheaded. 
he had his head chopped off because of his faith in Christ. I don't think Paul wanted his life to work out that way, but God had other plans, and it was for his glory. We see that these men were martyred for the faith that they had in Jesus Christ, and churches nowadays will want to tell you how good you are, how awesome you are, how many steps you can take in your life to have a beautiful and blessed and perfect and awesome life. They don't want to tell you that you are a sinful person that has sinned and defied a holy and perfect God. And I don't know why they want to tell you that. I have my ideas because many people will begin to lose church members when you start really digging into the Word of God, especially when you get into the gospel and you get into the bad news before you get to the good news. But praise God, there's good news. But we have to be able to, and not be able to, but willing to teach the bad news to people that need to hear it. Otherwise, we can just say, why don't you just choose Christ today and things will be better for your life. And if you know me at all, I don't believe we choose Christ at all. I believe that God has preordained and ordered that in the heavens before the foundations of the world, as Ephesians teaches us, and really numerous amounts of Scripture teach us that. But today we have easy believism, moralism, and you can have your best life now even in Christ. You can have your best life now, but it's going to be the best life that God wants for you, and it may not line up to your best life and what you think your best life is. So I want to encourage you that if you're in a part of a local church, I want you to listen to your pastor. Does he teach sometimes, I mean, sometimes teaching the gospel, teaching the whole counsel of God, sometimes that looks like maybe like a downer. Like sometimes, like, man, why are we talking about this again? This is just, it feels like such a weight. And it should. We should talk about our sin in such a way that it feels like a weight is being pressed down on us because we should feel the weight of our sin against a holy and perfect God. We shouldn't have this perfect, happy-go-lucky life and everything just works out to our advantage every time because the truth is our life is not going to work out perfectly all of the time. We're going to see that our life involves suffering. I said this in our, my sermon yesterday morning at our church. I said that a Christian will suffer. But many churches don't want to teach that believers are going to suffer because that is not good news, right? That's not going to help pad the stats. That's not going to help pad the pews. That's not going to help pad the, the uh, tithe offering bucket when it comes through, right? When you tell people that they're bad, when you tell them that they're going to suffer, Nobody wants to hear that in this day and age, but what happens is when you really start to read the Bible and you really start to understand the Bible, you see that we have no choice as true believers in Christ but to suffer. The Bible teaches that those who desire to live a godly life in Christ will suffer. And I love what Romans 8.18 says, and I'm going to paraphrase this, that the suffering we're going to experience on this side of eternity, it pales in comparison to the glory that we're going to receive in eternity when we stand perfected in Christ and glorified in heaven for all of eternity. So we have to understand that our churches need to be teaching that sin is real. Sin is, um, it's bad. It's not pretty. And we are all a part of this. None of us are good. None of us are good spiritually. We are all dead before Christ. And praise God that he calls us and saves us by his grace through faith and it is not of ourselves, nothing that we can do, nothing that we can earn or obtain. It's all of God's grace in our lives that we can be saved. And apart from that, we're just 
moral people trying to be good in a fallen world. And that's what churches are teaching these days. It's just teaching a moralism, moralism type thing to where you can behavior, have behavior modification and live your best life now. And sadly, it, it's in all denominations. I mean, we can think of your best life now and we think of Joel Osteen. Well, let me tell you, it's in your Baptist churches in your backyard. It's in your Methodist churches in your backyard. It may be at the church you go to. Now listen, I'm not sitting here today trying to pretend like I'm better or holier than thou because we teach the whole counsel of God. Listen, the Word of God wrecks my spirit. It wrecks my heart every time I read it because Hebrews 4.21, I think, or 4.12, somewhere along in there. Don't quote me. Don't hold me to that. I don't have my Bible open right now. Again, I'm in the truck. But it says the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates and pierces bone and marrow. It separates. It shows us who we are. And none of us, if we're honest, like to see who we really are. We don't like to be exposed. And that's what the Word of God does. So we need preachers that stand in our pulpit Sunday after Sunday and Wednesday night after Wednesday night and any time in between teaching the whole counsel of God and letting the Word of God pierce and penetrate the hearts of men and women and letting God expose them and their sin and who they really are and see their need for Christ. And we pray that as we preach the whole counsel of God and we teach the whole counsel of God, that people will uh, be, that Christ will reveal himself through his word and the Holy Spirit would draw them unto God and they would be saved again by grace through faith. But we have to teach the whole Bible. We can't skip around. We can't find good, positive, encouraging verses to teach every Sunday. Sometimes it's just going to be hard. A lot of times it's going to be hard, but that's what makes the good news that much more better. To know who we really are. Not who we think we are, not who we want to be, but who we really are in the eyes of God. Now, before we become a Christian, we are worthless, filthy rags. We are dead in our sins and trespasses. We don't care about God. We don't care about pleasing Him. We just live a life that is contrary to the Word, and we live according to the flesh. And once God reveals Himself through His Word, and we're saved, the Lord reveals Himself, and the Spirit of God indwells in us, and we are able to live a godly life in Christ. But we have to be willing to teach that. We have to be willing to hear that. So first of all, we have to have pastors that are willing to stand in pulpits and teach the bad news along with the good news, but we have to have men and women in the pews and the seats in the churches that are willing to hear it. That they're not willing to cherry pick verses anymore to, to fit their needs and their wants. But they want to hear the entirety of God's word. They want to hear it from start to finish. They want to know how to live a better life in Christ. Not live their best life now in their flesh. Because there's, that is two different things. You can live your best life now in the flesh and bust hell wide open, but if you live your best life now in Christ, you'll understand that that might include suffering at times. That might include uh, really good things at times in your life. It, it, it just in, It's a whole gamut of things that could happen, but you realize that you have submitted your life to Christ and to the Word of God, and you're willing to be pierced by the Word of God, and you're willing to understand and hear the Word of God. You're willing to hear how bad you are before Christ. And even in Christ, there's nothing good in us but the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And praise God for that, that helps us be uh, sanctified and become holy and become more like Christ. Because without Him, we're still running a darkened, 
uh, race and our, our hearts are dead in sin. And uh, thank God for Christ who came and died for the sins of many. Now, when you keep talking about the gospel, you think about Jesus coming and living the perfect sinless life, dying the death, death we deserved, and going to the cross. And the Bible says that he became sin, 2 Corinthians 5.21, who knew no sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God. This is such a beautiful doctrine called the Great Exchange to where uh, Jesus takes on all the sins of the world and those that repent of their sin and trust in Christ receive his righteousness. Now that is a beautiful trade-off. And this doctrine needs to be taught in churches all over the place because it is the gospel. It is beautiful to know that Christ came and lived a sinless life, but when he went to the cross, he took on the sins of mankind. He became sin. And if you repent of your sin and put your faith in Christ, you receive his righteousness. So when God looks at you, he sees the righteousness of his son. He no longer sees uh, who you were before Christ. He sees you as a son or a daughter, and you've been adopted into the royal family of God. You become a living stone, a royal priesthood. You become out of darkness into marvelous light, as the beautiful book of 1 Peter teaches. And that is, <coughs> excuse me, that is a beautiful example of what we need to be hearing Sunday after Sunday. We do not need to hear anymore how awesome you are and how great you can be and how much your potential is because your potential is set up to fail. Your flesh is set to fail. You need to and I need to know who Christ is and he reigns supreme, Colossians chapter 1 says. He is seated on his throne. The Jesus that died on the cross didn't stay there. He was buried, and then three days later, he arose again, and he's now seated at the right hand of God. And you better bet your bottom dollar, he's coming back one day to judge the living and the dead. So if you're listening to this, and you haven't heard the gospel, you haven't heard the bad news that you are a wretched sinner, and you're going to die in your sin, and you will go to hell if you are not saved, then you need to listen carefully, because it's by... Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word of God. So as we teach the gospel, it is God who opens the hearts. The Holy Spirit draws man unto himself to be able to receive salvation. So you may be listening today. You may have a behavior modification. You may be a, a moralist. You may be living your life the best you can in your own flesh, and you still fail every day, and your spirit is still dead. Your heart is still darkened. I want you to listen carefully. Christ came to die for the sins, for your sins. And if you would repent of your sin and trust in Christ for salvation, the Bible says you will be saved. What does repent mean? To turn from your sin, to change your mind, that you're thinking about your sinful lifestyle, to turn away from that sinful lifestyle and put your faith and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the one that came and died and rose again. And we believe that he came and died for our sins. You believe that he was buried and put in a borrowed tomb. And you believe that three days later he rose again. And you believe that he's seated at the right hand of God. And you believe that he is coming back one day to judge the living and the dead. The Bible says, With the heart one believes and is justified, declared not guilty, received the righteousness of Christ when you are justified. The Bible says, With the heart one believes and is justified. And with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So it is very important that we understand our sin flies in the face of a holy and perfect God. We are sinful people, 
in need of a beautiful Savior, and there is one that came and died for your sin. So you would repent of your sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says you will be saved. Saved from sin and death. Saved from condemnation. Because if you die right now, an unbeliever that hasn't confessed Christ and Christ crucified, and you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ in faith, if you die right now, you will receive the just punishment of a wrathful God in hell for all of eternity. You will receive a just punishment. And that's just what the Bible teaches is that you will receive it for eternity. But if you repent of your sins and trust Christ, then the penalty has been paid. The condemnation no longer rests on you because it's been poured out on His Son, Jesus. That is a beautiful thing when it comes to the gospel is even churches don't want to talk about how God poured His wrath out on His Son for the sake of those that would repent of their sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But He did. So you wouldn't have to experience that condemnation if you repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you, don't sit in churches any longer that are just going through the motions, that are just teaching soft doctrine, that are teaching soft theology. Get in a church that teaches the Bible. Now listen, you may have to drive to find one, and that's okay. Uh, we, I just met a, a family yesterday that drove an hour to our church because they heard that we preach the whole counsel of God, that we uh, teach the Bible, that we are solid in our theology. And it's, I'm blown away by it, but unfortunately, sometimes you may have to drive far to find a church. And again, I'm not tooting our horn. We just have to be obedient and submit ourselves to the Word and preach the Word, and that's what we're going to do. But praise God, people are seeking the true Word of God, to be taught the true Word of God, and not to be fed milk any longer. There comes a time where we have to move from the spiritual milk to the spiritual meat. You may have heard that said before, and many of our churches stay on the milk, and the people never grow. But what happens when you teach the whole counsel of God is people begin to grow in their faith. People begin to grow in their um, maturity, their, their spiritual maturity, and they'll always be uh, stagnant. They'll, they'll, they'll be stalling in their growth if they're not learning the true Word of God. So it is very, very important that preachers stand and preach the true gospel of Jesus Christ. No more moralism, no more behavior modification, no more stepping lightly to avoid hurting people's feelings because the gospel, the Bible is going to hurt people's feelings. The Bible is offensive. So if it's hurting your feelings, if it's offensive, then I believe the Lord is speaking directly to you uh, through his word. So don't ignore the feeling that you feel when you uh, are offended by the Word of God, offended by a pastor that preaches the true Word. Don't be offended. Don't be alarmed. Simply sit back, take note, and understand, and try to understand what, the, what God is trying to teach you through His Word. I don't want you to be deceived. I want you to be in a solid, Bible-believing church. So here's what I want you to do. If you're in a solid Bible-believing church, I would love for you to comment on the Facebook page underneath this episode where we're going to post it. 
I'd love for you to tell us where you go to church, if it's a solid church, and if you're in an area that you're looking for a solid biblical church, I'll help you find one. Uh, we have several outlets where we can uh, plug in and, and look in your area for a solid biblical church. Uh, so comment where you go to church, if it's solid, and if you're looking for a solid biblical church in your area, let us know where you are, and uh, we'll get you set up. We'll get you in the right direction. But I just want to thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, being patient as uh, the, the this podcast has been delayed some. But we're going to get back on track. Looking forward to it. I hope you know what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. If you have any questions about the gospel, if you have any questions about the Bible, if you have any questions about what a true biblical church should look like, please feel free to comment on the Facebook post under this episode, or you can email uh, doctrinematterspodcast at gmail.com. We'll get that email, and we can respond accordingly. Uh, But we thank you again for listening, and uh, until next time, we'll see you. I hope you have a great day and a great week. And uh, God bless you and yours.